You're listening to Blind Entrepreneurship, an interview series podcast that highlights the stories of the top business professionals around the world. In each episode, we explore how entrepreneurs overcame blindness in business in order to execute their vision. podcast is brought to you by Penji. I am your host, Jonathan Grzbowski, and today we have Silly Mugo on the show. She's the founder of Activate Your Purpose program, which teaches creatives how to stand out online by telling their stories in an authentic way so they can build a profitable and impactful business. Moving to the U.S. as a teenager was a recipe for major change, but also gave Silly the ability to write her own story one that would lead her to discovering her passion for abstract art and teaching other creatives how to start and grow their own business. Silly's Activate Your Purpose program teaches creative entrepreneurs how to connect with their audience through storytelling, compelling content, and how to use their gifts and talents to create an impactful business. And what I like about Silly is her authenticity. She knows exactly who she is. She stays in her lane. She does what she knows and doesn't necessarily stray. I think far too often there's a lot of shiny uh, toy, shiny object syndrome that we entrepreneurs get um, and even seasoned business professionals get. And and I think it's inspiring to be able to talk to a professional like Silly uh, in order to, to for her to just focus on, on what will that she knows that something that she will be able to focus on on what she knows will will grow her business and, and bring her revenue so kudos to you silly and and it's an absolute honor i hope that you all enjoy this episode let's get to it today's episode is sponsored by penji are you in charge of marketing for your business and need graphic design support let penji design anything you need for your business from a logo to your marketing materials sales sheets social media content, and so much more. Penji helps you achieve more with unlimited graphic design support, daily output, and a dedicated project manager, all at one flat monthly rate. We have an exclusive offer to the Blind Entrepreneur community. Head over to penji.co and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month. Again, that's penji.co, P-E-N-J-I C-O, and use the coupon code BLIND for 15% off your first month of Penji. And now, let's get to today's episode. Silly, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. Absolutely. Um, so most people, when they talk about entrepreneurship, they hear the words college dropout. Now, you are a corporate dropout. So could you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I uh, actually just uh, left uh, my corporate job. I was in a leadership position in February of uh, 2019 to be a full-time artist. Uh, That sounds (laughs) a little crazy to most people, Um, but it was something that I thought about for a long time. And I think my uh, point where I really decided to dive in and take the leap was um, during my corporate career. Uh, I had a lot of women um, who were influencing how we looked at ourselves and how we looked at influencing other women. And I went to a women's conference one time and there was a keynote speaker there who had just um, literally started her business from her kitchen. She uh, made cupcakes in a jar. I don't know if you're familiar with her. Her name is Tracy. 
um, Wicked Cupcakes, it's, it's based in Boston. But basically, um, she talked about overcoming adversity and really going out and doing something that no one thought was possible. And so for me, it really uh, stuck to me where I remember I was in a conference out of town and I went back to my hotel room and like started drafting up all these things like, what can I do that I'm really passionate about and really like put myself out there and actually start a dream business um, and use this same passion uh, that I have in corporate, but really bottle it and, um, you know, start my own thing. So that's really how it, it stemmed out. And thinking about what I was passionate about and what would come easy to me, art just seemed like the, the thing because I've always been into art since I was younger. Um, so that's how it really came about. And then uh, before you know it, I started to grow my, um, you know, online audience on Instagram, posting abstract art. And it really just became this domino effect of um, getting to grow and attract the right type of audience who are into what I was doing and um, using my breaks, my lunches, evenings, weekends, really being not as social as I would have loved while I still worked my nine to five to really fuel that dream into becoming an actual business that I could, um, you know, drop out of, of corporate and really dive into it full time. What was the feeling once you, you left your job and, and, and kind of just went off on your own? Um, I think so instantly I, I did, you know, did uh, my due diligence and gave a two week notice uh, to my boss. And I remember thinking, okay, um, first of all, you always think like, I'm, I'm really disciplined. I, you know, I, I, I can definitely do this on my own and, and all these things. But I think sometimes um, once it hits you and the reality hits, um, you know, for me, I remember like, you know, imposter syndrome kind of like slapped me in the face. It was like, okay, but what if you really can't do this? <laughs> what mm -hmm. if this is a mistake? You know, what if you, you know, people are not really going to uh, continue to buy your, your art. And uh, so I think it was one of those things where I gave my tweak notice and I was okay up until the day before. And then I um, had a little bit of uh, like mini breakdown of, oh my goodness, what am I doing? But then I had to really, um, you know, have those positive affirmations of this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. And once I, once I did that and I had that last day, I feel like, you know, heaven and earth and like the universe aligned to just like make things start to happen the way they were supposed to but I definitely had to get over some imposter you know thoughts and imposter syndrome of like what if you know what if I've been thinking all these great things about myself but it's really not true you know yeah absolutely. Um, and so yeah so I definitely had to overcome that um the mind work was definitely bigger than the actual you know, strategizing and all that behind the scenes things are going into being in, in business. Yeah. I mean, there must've been a lot of like internal battles. Uh, I mean, how long did you, I mean, based off of the, uh, everything that I've read about you uh, and, and seen your, um, your Instagram account and things like that, you speak a lot about, you know, positivity and self-sabotage and limiting beliefs and, um, killing it, like all these positive messages. How many months or years did it take in order for you to, well, you said it was in February, right? Yes, I went yeah. full time in February. Okay, so it hasn't even been a full year. So how, how many months, um, how many months did it take 
in order for you to kind of have this feeling that you are worthy, you know, you are good enough, what you're doing is good. Yeah, I definitely, um, I was working on it even as I worked in my um, nine to five. Yeah. Um, but I think the, the, the moment that I really had to get out of that rut, I would say of, um, you know, having that limiting belief is when you sit down and you're now a full-time entrepreneur and you're thinking about, okay, these are the revenue goals that I have for myself. And this is what I'm going to charge for my um, craft and what I'm good at. Um, you really have to make yourself available to receive things at the price point that you're setting them at, right? And so for me, it really, well, it came down to really thinking, like, I am worthy of creating a piece of art that I can sell for you know, thousands of dollars. But yeah. it really had to start from me. It came from a place of necessity, I would say, mm -hmm. um, you know, and practicality, and then, you know, combining that with, okay, let's, let's work on this on, on my mindset, because if I'm going to be charging a certain price point, I really need to believe not only that I am capable of charging that, but also that I'm capable of receiving and manifesting that. Um, so it really took me, and it's still a work in progress. I feel like no one can ever say, you know, their mindset is that, um, you know, 100% all the time. There's always a battle of, you know, really overcoming those limiting beliefs of, um, I can't charge a certain amount for my craft or I can't charge a certain amount being a newbie, right? That's, I feel like sometimes yeah. you feel like you, know, you need to have been doing it for five, 10, 15 years before you can charge a premium on something and, you know, really making, it's, it's kind of like it starts as make believe and then it becomes reality um, yeah. when you're thinking about, about those, you know, overcoming those beliefs. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, your art is is phenomenal. However, art is subjective. So to me, a painting could be, um, and just for everybody that's listening, uh, all the links will be in the show notes. Um, but Silly has some incredible pieces of art that uh, she actively promotes on her website and her social media and things like that. Um, you know, however, art very similar to what we do at Penji is subjective. And so somebody might look at it and say, you know, this is, you know, X amount of dollars and it's worth 100%. Um, and other people may say, you know, this is terrible and I'm not paying for that. So how, how do you navigate that? How do you, how do you find that niche? How do you find that, um, that your voice when it comes to your, your paintings? I think a lot of it comes back to, um, being authentic, right? And really, um, I, I love what you said, like, it is very subjective. And, um, you know, I've heard comments like, oh, my five-year-old could do that, <laughs> you know, when it comes to abstract art. Um, but it really does come down to authenticity. If you, if as an artist, you create from a place of um, inspiration, a place of pain, a place of, um, you know, happiness, there's so many things that go on um, for creatives. And the, the one thing that I have found that has really um, made me stand out um, when it comes to just promoting on social media is telling a story and including uh, storytelling in my content. And um, it's not just, a, here's a painting that I painted. It's really more so of 
here's what I was thinking. Here's how I was feeling. These are uh, the things I was going through. You know, one of my um, series that I did in the beginning of the year, as I was about to quit my nine to five, uh, was called the Breakthrough Series. And I went in depth with my audience and really explained to them, the, my, this is 2019 is the year of breakthrough, meaning it's really going to be the year where I'm expecting amazing things to happen in my life. And I'm manifesting those things. And so as I was painting this, it was really coming from a place of expectation. And that was me being vulnerable and really letting it, my audience in on how I was feeling and what my thought process was as I was creating. And that connects your audience on a level where the art may, sometimes, you know, I've had, I even had a customer recently tell me the name of the piece literally drew them in more than the actual piece so they knew they had to get it for their wife because it was like one of those things their wife it was called butterfly kisses um that was the name of a series of paintings and his wife had just battled cancer and one of the things that she always used to talk about was how you know um when a caterpillar thinks like it's about to die it like you know becomes a butterfly and he literally bought the painting right there and then I had just met him I was doing a pop-up shop and he literally said the name of the painting alone is what brought, made me bring this home to my wife so mm. authenticity and storytelling um when it comes to creativity is so important because um talent is not enough it's really not um so you know really making sure that you're including that in, in a way to connect with people because humans were just like all about connections and having a deeper connection to something so um, that's to me has been what has really helped me grow um, is really connecting with the audience on such an authentic level and storytelling, like constantly telling stories of what's going on in my mind and my heart and connecting it with what I know my audience is also um, going through. And also, you know, just from a, a practical level, um, when it comes to Instagram and social media, you once you're studying who your target market is, then you know where to find them, right? So you know what pages they hang out on and what they're interested in, what their behaviors are. And that's what I had to really do so I can find people who actually would want that type of connection and that type of storytelling. So it wasn't like my art's not for everyone, but I found the people based on, you know, doing that research and really finding them and seeking them out and targeting them in a way that would be authentic to them and to myself. You mentioned that um, you were looking at your audience and that you were um, analyzing the things that you that you were posting versus the things that you were receiving and the things that people were doing. Um, how did you determine that? What were some of the tools that you used to determine that what your audience was actually saying, uh, or excuse me, how your audience was reacting based off of what you were saying? So with, with Instagram and with content, um, one of the things that I always uh, talk about is when you, it's always trial and, and research. So for me, when I would post content and I posted, like in the beginning, I would post a piece and I would just say like, here's a 24 by 24 inch and I wouldn't get engagement and I wouldn't really get eyeballs on it. Meaning I, you know, the impressions were low, the likes and the shares were low the comments were low, so I wasn't really getting any conversion from that type of content. Uh, but when I started to post more storytelling and really getting authentic in that way, 
that's when I started to not only get more engagement, so people would share my work and then that would expose me to more followers. But I also looked in my insights and I really always looked at my insights to see the posts that got the most shares and the most, so like the thing that the vanity metrics for me were never really um, important to me. It was more so what got the most shares and most saves Mm -hmm. Um, in my opinion, because that means someone was actually going to come back and look at it. Yeah. Um, that's that's when I started to realize that's the type of content I need to rinse and repeat mm. and post more of that. So sometimes, uh, you know, we can think like, this is great content, but it's really our content is for our audience. So yeah. if we're listening to them based on those insights, then we post more of what they want. And yeah. We attract more of them. <laughs> so then my question is what were some, what was some of the types of content that you were creating and then like if you could be as specific as possible um you know something like a um yeah what was what were some of the stuff that you were creating that didn't necessarily resonate with your audience and then what was the switch that you actually did to uh to to make it reconnect with your with your audience absolutely so the audience, um, the content that I was first posting um, that really didn't get a lot of um, traction or I would say a lot of engagement with my audience was really, um, I would just post a finished product or, uh, you know, a finished painting. Um, no story behind it, just uh, I would post it. I would say how many inches it was and that it was available on my website. Mm -hmm. That's it, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, um, and or I would post a picture of um, a painting in some type of a setting, like a mock-up, um, mm -hmm. but I didn't really have, uh, it, the, the mock-ups would be more so just like a white wall. It wasn't really in a setting where someone can see that painting in their home. Mm -hmm. Those are some of the, yeah, so it was really this, it wasn't really engaging content. It was one of those things where I was posting it like it was a gallery um, mm. or it was like my personal gallery online and no one else needed to look. So it was really, I was posting content for me. And in my mind, when I first started, I used to think like my art will speak for itself. I'll just post and the people will come. Mm. And it's like, <laughs> you know, um, and that wasn't the case. So what I started to do that really made this shift is... I started to post, and these are some of the um, top posts that I find um, are really, they, they um, engage and really convert the best when it comes to Instagram, are behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. As a creative, people want to see what goes into creating that piece. Just like people like to watch bloopers at the end of a movie and see what goes into you know that action scene <laughs> that we end up seeing in the end that's what I noticed people really wanted to see is not really um, the, um, you know, a whole process beginning to end, but showing behind the scenes, not only does it show people that you're talented and that you're an expert in your field because it shows you actually in action creating that, but it also makes them connect on a deeper level to it because then they're seeing it from like an infancy all the way up until it's complete. And to me, that really changed the game. So videos of behind the scenes. Um, I love time-lapse. Um, like, I don't know who thought of it, but thank you to them. <laughs> mm. Because then, you know, you kind of just like post this is like a fast motion of you beginning to end. Mm 
of creating this piece and also behind the scenes of what it looks like in the in your workspace so uh, you know a lot of creatives that I, you know I get to, to chat with it and mentor and coach it they are always like well I post all my paintings or I paste post my jewelry and and all of that but nobody's buying and that's because they want to see more of you the artist the creator so posting pictures of my workspace my studio the mess right just paint tubes everywhere um and that and my palette knives and my brushes that really got me a lot more engagement and people really got interested in getting to know like okay um so she's the real deal <laughs> you know and they get to they get to, to look at it that way Another um, type of content that was um, a big, big turning point for me was introducing myself as the artist, doing fun facts. And not only fun facts, but also, you know, I know I talked about it a little bit before. It's like what inspired me to start painting and all of the hurdles I've had to overcome and being vulnerable and being relatable. So people want to know that they, um, and that just builds obviously that no like and trust factor, you know, which yeah. is like marketing one-on-one, but um, that's what I needed to do is get people to start to know, like, and trust me before they could buy from me. And that's, those are, those are the, the, the biggest um, things in content that I would say that really drive conversion is like behind the scenes and um, your workspace and you actually creating and then also just you as the artist or you as the creator, putting yourself out there, introducing yourself, showing your face, um, and really getting people to get to know, get into your head and into your, your heart. You have a, a series that's out now that helps people get their first $5,000 um, per month. Um, can you tell us a little bit about the blueprint and and what it is that you would inevitably need. I'm sure it has a lot to do with what you are already talking about. Um, but you know, throughout the conversation, I haven't, I haven't necessarily heard how to, you know, it's, it's, it's good to story tell, right? It's really good to story tell and it's very beneficial, but then there's the aspect of not only storytelling, but asking for the sale. So could you speak to a little bit about how we could obtain our first $5,000 uh, a month on using social media? Absolutely. So the, the content blueprint is literally, um, it, it is, it's a lot of what I've talked about all of already, um, but it is actually a breakdown of uh, five things that you would um, as, as essentially use to be able to build your audience to get a no like and trust factor but also be able to sell from them. So it breaks down five things that you would be able to um, go through. And the number one thing is when it comes to um, creating content is the storytelling aspect and using stories, which I always um, actually call in the blueprint, I call it the secret sauce. Um, so my most recent collection, and I'll just uh, give an example of how to make that five, 5k and I always say you can make 5k with a, when you're under 5,000 followers it's not really um, a thing where you have to have all these followers but my most recent collection um, that I launched I specifically only posted the links in my stories and for um, me to drive dms because I knew that to be able to sell a higher priced um, item that I needed to build relationships 
So what I did was, and I uh, put a case study together um, is, you know, for my own personal uh, self is I posted the leading up to the launch of the collection. I gave myself three weeks to be able to post behind the scenes. And every single day I posted a piece of content that was specifically talking to what inspired the piece, the, the collection, why I wanted to go back to floor. So in this case, I had started to paint a lot more abstracts, but my original, my original collection when I first started two years ago, when I was still working my nine to five was florals. So I wanted to basically go back to basics. And so I explained to my audience, I'm going back to basics and this is how I'm gonna do it. So I took them through a series of literally beginning to end of going back to basics and creating fun floral abstract pieces that I knew that not only that my audience loved because that was my first collection, but also I wanted to show them how much joy it brought me to create. So these are some of the steps that I took. Number one, I had a pre-launch content plan. Three weeks leading up to the launch, I knew that I no not only needed to create that, you know, build up that momentum and that uh, sense of urgency around the fact that these pieces are, it's one of a kind. Once it's gone, it's gone because it's original painting, but also to showcase that I am a creative boss and that people would be able to see behind the scenes leading up to the launch. So that was the first thing is the, the content plan and not posting content really without a plan. You really have to be intentional with what's this going to make my audience think feel, etc. So that was a step one. Step two, I had an email list that I started to get people on for this collection specifically. And that was through my stories. As I showed behind the scenes, I would get a lot of interest of like, oh my goodness, I need that teal painting. It's going to go perfectly with my living room. And I would say, hey, my email list gets first access to my new collection. Here's how you can sign up so that way you're on the VIP list and I gave my email list 48 hour advance access to the collection on my website so that they knew like that was something special. It was something that was specific to them and give them incentive to sign up for my email list. So that's the mm -hmm. second thing. Make sure you have an email list. It's as easy as using, you know, a free um, service. If you don't, you know, if you have less than 500, a lot of those services will start out for free and then you kind of build up as you go. But email list is so important. It not only gives you access to them, you know, in the future, but it also gives them a sense of like warm and fuzzy, like, oh my God, I'm on a VIP list. Like I feel special now. Then the third thing that you do is you start to post the finished pieces and you obviously announce the launch date. So you don't assume that people know like, or that they're, you know, they know that you're working on something like, you actually put a date on there so people are excited and eager and they have it on their calendar and they know like once it once this date hits this is literally going to sell out so you literally build up that anticipation of um scarcity i'm only i'm only and i did i only created 10 pieces i had a um and i'm gonna go into my next point in a second which is actually the most important point but I created 10 pieces and I let my audience know there's going to be 10 pieces. That's it. So you, you've been eyeing my, my work and you've been waiting for me to create um, florals. Then this is the time to literally get on my email list. So, you know, as soon as they're out, like 
you grab yourself one so you're not you know having like fear of missing out mm-hmm. yeah it's really good it's smart yep yep then the next one which is the for me like the most important one is and i always advise any creative always work in collections collections when it comes to revenue they give you a range so you can have a collection of you know and this is with anything jewelry anything like that but for me specifically being an artist my collection ranged from $45 which was a really tiny little paintings all the way up till $1200 but you really have to and that that only not no that not only gives you the ability to be um, flexible when it comes to price for you know obviously for your audience but it also gives you as and this is something i've noticed as i put out collection after collection is that a lot of people don't want to buy that lowest priced product so if you have a collection of 10 you do two of them that are on that lower price and then six of them are in that mid range but really give you that good boost in in um in revenue and then two are like extremely highly priced where someone's like this is ridiculous but they also they potentially could buy it if they really fall in love with the piece but having a collection and not just putting out one piece at a time that's what can easily get you to that 5 5k is because you're giving yourself a range but you also like you know, inevitably you're, you know, you're tricking the mind of, of your, of your buyers where it's like, most of them are going to land in that middle, middle um, area. And when you've priced all of your pieces in a way that revenue wise, it makes sense and adds up over 5,000, right? gives you a little bit of that wiggle room. You mm-hmm. can then um, get to that revenue point, but collections, they not only help you with that range revenue, you know, wise, but it also showcases your talent. Yeah. Um, so you're not like, you know, putting out singles, like, you know, <laughs> music artists, but you're not putting out a collection. People don't really know what your range is talent-wise. So um, those great. are the things that, yeah. So that's what I actually did to lead up to my launch. And in the first nine days of that launch, I actually sold out the complete collection of floral pieces that's because awesome. of those those steps. So well, that's that's great. I mean, it's a and it's a great strategy as well. Um, and I'm sure a lot of people I know, even myself, uh, I heard some things in there that I could uh, that we could apply uh, to to my business. So, when it comes to when it comes to the idea of scarcity, when it comes to the idea of sending emails, because at the end of the day, an email is the only thing that you truly own, right? Yeah, you don't right. own the platform, you don't own your followers, you own the emails though. So with that being said, um, you mentioned that you send emails to, to people in order to provide that scarcity. Is there a particular chain of emails or like a strategy that you use uh, to send emails? Uh, I'd love to hear that because emails are something that's very important, near and dear to my personal heart. Um, it's a strategy and the core foundation of how Penji grew to Inc. 5000. And so I'd love to hear about you know, what you said, what you did, were there pictures, what was the verbiage, et cetera? Oh, absolutely. So um, first things first, obviously the incentive of them signing up is most important. So what do they get for giving you their email? Because, um, and I think audiences are getting more, um, you know, I'd say they're getting smart now. They know um, they need to give your email for, obviously it's an exchange of, of something. So incentivizing it with being on the VIP list, 
also having first um, access to like sneak peeks. That was the the initial part. So, hey, get on my email list. You'll get access to sneak peeks of the finished pieces as they're getting completed. And so making sure that your, your VIP list and your, your email list feels like they're getting something that your audience is not. And so I was posting in my stories and, you know, posting as the collection was getting put together, but my email list got something extra. They got something that my, my audience didn't up until, you know, the launch. So that's the number one thing. And then as far as the sequence of emails, um, they would uh, receive a welcome email. That's the, and I sent a total of five emails in um, the matter of the uh, three weeks leading up to the launch. And some really? may say like, that's not as many as, um, yeah. yeah, I sent, I sent five total. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. So the, the first email is the welcome email of letting them know that they are on the VIP list. This is the launch date for the collection and that they're going to be receiving behind the scenes and um, obviously sneak peeks. Um, and then a lot of the people who are on my email list also are um, in my um, Instagram. So they got to see some of, the, some of that footage. But what I did do as I continued in my stories is I would mention, if you're on my email list, you know, three days from now, I'm gonna send, and then you build up that um, anticipation. And you, and you mentioned that in, on, in your storytelling through social media. Yep, all the yeah. time. I constantly said, like, if you're on my email list in three days, I'm going to be sending a surprise. Uh -huh, I'm going to uh -huh. be sending something your way. Um, and it just makes that sense of, like, mystery. Um, yeah. But also makes them want to then join because they're like, oh, I don't want to, you know, FOMO. They don't want to miss out on that. Yeah, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. So, how, that the first, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no. How, how do you organize your, con how do you organize your content? So, the launch content is very different than just like everyday building you know uh, the, your, your your audience content yeah. my launch content i definitely had a launch strategy in place my my content the stories was my biggest driver of this particular collection because i needed mm -hmm. to prove that secret sauce thing that i talked about with the stories yeah um because you know with the algorithm now um i know obviously it's like very like mysterious to all of us but the feed traffic is really not as high as like stories people are watching more stories and they're really into that whole instant like 15 second slide thing so for me i needed to prove that somehow um and so i used primarily used stories beginning for the the whole entire um you know three weeks um leading up to the the launch so yeah that was really a lot of behind the scenes of creating and um, showing, taking people behind what it really looks like to um, to plan a collection. So I would take them yeah. a little bit of. No, that's fine. That's fine. I don't mean to cut you off. I just want to, because you're, you're onto something that I think I want to, I want to explore further. So I do apologize for cutting you off. The idea I'm looking for more so is organization, not so much the strategy. Like oh, when, okay. when I say organization, I mean you, okay. So you have a launch, right? So you have a launch and you're trying to sell 10, 10 items of X and then you need to be able to figure out a plan in order to, in order to give the content, uh, in order to sell the content. Right. So okay. are you using like, if you, if you're, if your launch is say two weeks away, when you wake up in the morning, 
are you just grabbing your phone and then saying, Hey guys, like I'm, I'm doing this. Like, are you doing it off the cusp or are you more so strategic? Like, are you organizing it? Are you writing it down? Like on Monday, I'm going to post this on Tuesday. I'm going to post that. Oh, I definitely wrote it down. Okay. Um, I, yeah, there was definitely um, a whole, some, some sort of a calendar in place where I knew. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Where I knew. So week one was really going to be more so just, a lot of like inspirational stuff and really getting them into my head of what I was thinking. Yeah. Week two was going to be really more so of the practical things of behind the scenes of this is what it takes to be a creative entrepreneur getting ready for a launch. So and this is where it gets three, really interesting. Week three mm-hmm. was what? Week three was just really pushing for the, the scarcity and the you know sense of urgency around once it launches. Like it's one of a kind. There's only 10 pieces. This is what's you know once it's gone it's gone type of thing so that was really just that final push so now you so you said that you do a because this is where this is where the real magic comes in when it comes to blind entrepreneurship this podcast is the idea of people hearing your processes and people hearing your procedures and then being able to apply it into their own life you mentioned that you had a or have a, a calendar can you tell us a little bit more about what that calendar looks like and how you're able to use it? Absolutely. I have, a, I use Google drive because um, who doesn't, yeah, sure, <laughs> um, but I actually, yeah. So I break it down based on being intentional when it comes to content. I feel like I have two different um, calendars. I have a launch calendar mm-hmm. and then I have my regular calendar, which is just basically constantly putting content out there to you know grow that no like and trust factor with my audience so when it comes to the launch calendar the biggest thing that i knew that i needed to do is first of all obviously identify what the launch date is and then work backwards yeah because right because i i needed to make sure okay so if my launch date is um october you know 12th or whatever i have to go back and look at that date then i needed to know uh, three weeks prior to that this is what I'm going to start to post to get my audience ready. So I go back, I create, I, I have a, an actual calendar just with actual days. Mm-hmm. I, I mostly, I only post so on the weekends. It's always usually like a lot more fun stuff, but Monday through Friday is where I really put my focus on when it comes to content strategy, okay. because that's when people are most active in my, yeah. just for my analytics, you know, some people, yeah. other pages are different, of course. Sure. Sure. Um, yeah. So once I, I went, I work backwards and in my mind, I'm thinking what's going to make people want to get involved with this collection. And then that's where I started. So week one was really the, um, I was in, uh, and, and I got really vulnerable with my audience, which is a true story. I had been creating a lot of abstract art and, um, a lot of it was also because I was, um, you know, I, I had orders from um, like major retailers that I work with where they mm-hmm. wanted me to create certain collections for them. So not saying it wasn't authentic to me, but it was really um, it's different when you when you do, you know, collections and then you do collections just based on uh, kind of like free styling and kind of feeling a little free spirited. So I shared that yeah. with my audience. I said, hey, I'm thinking about and this was just as I was planting the seed, I call planting the seed phase where week one was all about, I'm thinking, and this is before I even had picked up a paintbrush. So all of week one was just talk, a lot of talking and my audience getting in my head. 
of I'm thinking about putting together a collection because I feel like I've been, you know, kind of taking myself too seriously. And I want to just like get free and really get back into my creative groove. And so I started to post inspiration that I was seeing. So like different um, images of flowers and my past work and polling my audience a lot because they they started to get more involved and feel like they're more involved so really asking them i even did a quiz where i asked hey what was my first collection if you've been like an og follower and you've been following me for a while um you know it explained you know where that was so week one was really just literally planned monday through friday i'm going to introduce my thoughts and what i want to do i'm going to talk about what the inspiration is and then start to get my audience engaged with using all those features and stories. The poll uh, sticker is big time. The question sticker, big time. Yeah. Um, you know, and the, obviously the geotags and just getting people to engage with me in that way. So once I know, I knew that people were interested. Okay, so people are interested. They want to know what's, what's happening. Then week two, I then had the solid strategy of going into behind the scenes and really showing what it goes into to create a collection. And then you, you did this by the way, in the very beginning before you launched anything or you did this yes. during, okay. So you, so day, the beginning. so, okay. So day one, you're, you have your pieces already created. You say, I'm going to sell, you know, X. Um, and then, so day one, you're writing all this down, like day one, I'm going to do this day seven. I'm going to do that day 14. Yep. I'm going to do this. And exactly. how, many day, how many days was, was it before the launch? It was 20 days. 20 so days. Okay. Days. So you, mm -hmm. okay. And then how did you remind yourself? Um, I guess, how did you, you, so you wrote it down on a calendar. How did you then wake up in the morning or, or go to work or whatever it may be, go to your office? And then how did you know what you were going to post that day? Oh, I have in my, I, I literally have a script and content captions nice. for each of the days. Oh, so cool. I use, yeah, I use the plan app. Um, the plan um, and that app? just yeah, plan like P L A N N. Okay. Um, and that gives you the ability to actually like pre-type your hashtags in there, what picture image you're gonna use. Um, and so and I use. Is it called Plan? You said Plan app. Uh, yep, get plan. plan .co? Um, Yeah, I think that's what it is. It's like um. It's got a check mark on it. I, I want to make sure that we add it so other people can use your exact strategy. Um, oh yes absolutely cool. yeah i think mm -hmm. this is it's it plan, so. p, p l a n n mm -hmm. beautiful beautiful it's 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 the best um and it really also it helps you when it comes to your feed um you know obviously it helps you see exactly what your feed will look like so you guys have a very cohesive feed i'm, I'm very visual so i love like beautiful aesthetics on on feeds it may not be necessary for most, but I, um, it also helps with that as well. So, cool. but yeah, working backwards is really what helps. It's like, once you have that launch date, you work backwards from that and nice. then you, yeah, you get to determine what are, what's going to lead to the most, like give you that, the best momentum leading up to the actual launch. Very cool. Well, silly. I mean, this was a very insightful conversation. I'm glad we were able to dive a little bit deeper into the actual strategy and mindset uh, I love how organized you are. I too am incredibly organized. So I can, from one organizational uh, nut to another, uh, mad respects and kudos and congratulations. Um, <laughs> if you. people wanted to learn more about you, if people wanted to sign up for your 
um, your, your Instagram course, if you wanted to follow you, where can everybody find you? Um, so you can find me on Instagram as Silly Mugo, S-I-L-L-I-E-M-U-G-O. <laughs> um, and you can also find my free content blueprint. It's available, link in my Instagram, but also at sillymugo.com where you can download it and that walks you through the uh, content blueprint of really driving and converting your followers into actual paying customers. And that's just using content strategy. Very cool. And all the links will be in the show notes. Um, and, and I especially highly recommend heading over to uh, Silly's Instagram account. She has over 10,000 followers, so she's doing something right. And, uh, and so if you want to model yourself and actually ge generate revenue off of your social media, uh, she's a great person to model. So, Silly, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much, Jonathan. I appreciate it as well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Blind Entrepreneurship. Your time, energy, and attention mean the absolute world to me. Thank you. Because you're still listening, even though the episode is technically over, that means that you're a super listener and you care even further about what I have to say. And that means even more to me. And because of that, I'd love to be able to give you a small gift. As you know, I am the co-founder of Penji, and I personally believe that Penji is one of the best creative services on the planet. It gives you the ability uh, to free up your time in order for you to focus more on your business. So you let us do all the graphic design support and all the graphic design help in an on-demand fashion. And because you're listening to this portion of the episode, I'd love to be able to give you 50% off of your first month of Penji. In order to do that, all you have to do is enter the coupon code TBE Show. That's TBE Show for 50% off. Again, I truly believe that Penji is revolutionizing the creative industry. And if you feel at any point in time that your business is not getting the graphic designs that you deserve, or if you ever feel like you're paying too much for your graphic design team or your freelancers, or you're finding it difficult to find reliable talent, we loved for you to give us a try. And again, that is TBE show for the coupon code. And as always, I have to end every conversation with the key phrase that has started it all. Go out there and execute your vision, everybody. Have a great rest of your day.